0: Well, all right. Well, well, well.
1: On drums.
0: I'm Batman.
1: Anybody
2: want to see second prize?
1: Second prize is set of stakes.
0: of Whiskey, the podcast. I'm Keith Silva. I write about comics and movies for ComicsBulletin.com and the Psycho Drive-In. As Jack says to Lloyd, or does he, here's to five miserable months on the wagon and all the irreparable harm it has caused us. Let me introduce two of my brothers from other mothers from left to right on the dial. He hails from the Crawdad Capital and is a close personal friend of DJ Nice Rack, you know him by his supervillain alias Victor Von Zoom. Here, he's just Tom. Put your hands together for Mr. Tom Zimmer. Hello! The always Natalie attired gentleman to my right, and one of the coolest cats I know, the Larry David of podcasts, if you will, the old Canucklehead himself, Mr. Charles Russell. Hello, oh, Gentlemen, welcome. Now, truth be told, true believers, all three of us know Ass Pocket of Whiskey doesn't do dink when it comes to titles, besides sounding cool and maybe a little sexy. So here's what we've got lined up. In a minute, Tom is going to mix us a drink that you can make at home, possibly while playing a name game of my own concoction and then we'll each give you a double shot of what we're thinking you should know about because the internet. A programming note, our podcast will be sans woman. Sadly, Ooh, sorry. We hope and she hopes to be on a future episode. For now, I'll take all the responsibility, guys, but let's face it. It's been five months between podcasts. This was uh, getting close to how long we've been waiting for non-player number two. That's a joke for our comic book friends out there. Uh, what can I say? Life. Am I right, guys?
1: Yeah, definitely. Had something to do with it. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: I blame life. The sound of adult ice
0: cubes being dropped into a glass means it's cocktail o'clock. When he's or not Zimmer time. Heads and breaking hearts, you got it. You can find Tom amassing one of the most impressive and Enviable liquor cabinets in all of Christendom it's time for Tom makes a drink with your host Tom Zimmer
2: hey guys uh all right, so last the last uh ask pocket of the whiskey we did uh five <laughs> the months last five ago.
1: months ago <laughs> yeah,
2: right <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say last month but uh, uh um yeah, we talked about uh, the Sazerac that we gave a little brief history on it and the recipe um again Sazerac is the New Orleans official drink today we're going to talk about the Ramos gin fizz which is the, the, what? the what the Ramos gin fizz this is the New Orleans unofficial hair of a dog damn <laughs> <laughs> um it's actually it, it's the drink that I, I usually put together Sunday mornings before I go tailgating because I I don't I like bloody marys but they don't like me so oh, the, I
0: love how you have a morning drink.
1: Some people have you ever tried the the Canadian yeah. version of the Bloody Mary? Also you known told as the about Caesar. That. Yeah, that with the clam juice in it or something, or yeah, clam juice, buddy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's so that should be right up your alley, man. I know, Why? really.
2: I'm, I'll I'll do that. I could do a version of that with oyster juice. I bet.
1: Yeah, I bet it'd be fucking delicious.
2: You know what? I tell it's you what,
1: to, it's good to be these the scrambled eggs, man. I tell you. Cool.
2: All right. Well, there you go. I'll do that next time. Uh, um, but, um, yeah, so the, the gin fizz, the Ramos gin fizz is a, is an old one. It was, um, it was invented by, uh, Henry Ramos in 1888. Oh, little known fact. Uh, it was invented, um, by him at Aaron Myers, great, 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 great grandpappy's uncle's bar, Myers. Damn.
1: Yeah. Wow.
2: Um, <laughs> See the connectivity there.
1: It's like we're in the same yeah. universe. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he,
2: uh, he then opened his own um, bar, the Imperial Cabinet uh, Saloon, and he ran it until the Prohibition. Ramos was a weird man. He he actually respect he respected the government and closed uh, closed doors uh, with the, with the Prohibition. Was, while he had it open, he he was another. He was very odd. He he actually operated um, the hours. like on Sunday. He started an hour late so people could go to church. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so uh, he, I don't know. so anyway um yeah so when the prohibition started he he uh, he closed the shop. He died before um it was lifted and so when it was lifted the Roosevelt Hotel trademarked the Rainbow Gin Fizz. Nice. Okay, so th- listen. This is this is a hard drink to make. It, it's um, it's it takes a long time. It takes a good
1: fifteen, twenty, ten, fifteen minutes to make. Perfect for Sunday mornings when you're hungover. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is worth the payoff, though, man. It is
2: it is it is tasty. Um, but it is labor intensive. The um, okay, so it's like so, at this guy he at his bar, the Imperial Lounge or the Imperial Cabinet. Like on Mardi Gras Day, he would have he would have up to thirty five people behind the bar, whose job it was just to shake these drinks. Hmm. You know, his original recipe calls to shake it for twelve minutes.
0: Wow. Yeah, yeah, we know. <laughs> okay,
2: it's we, a workout. We,
0: know, we know, it is. Yeah, it's, it's a it, cocktail it, and a workout.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, it's a great way to start the morning, get the blood flowing, and drinking liquor. Uh, <laughs> so here's what you got to do. You got to get um a couple of ounces. We'll do one ounce each of uh, fresh-squeezed lemon and fresh-squeezed lime juice. Um, you'll need two ounces of simple syrup. And you can buy simple syrup, but you can also make it. It's really easy to make. It's just basically uh, two cups of sugar and a little less than two cups of water mixed together and just stirred or shaken vigorously. Um, you don't need to... Boil it. Some people boil it, and that's just not. I don't. I don't think you need to do that. You just shake. You just stir it up real good. Uh, you'll need two ounces of heavy cream, two ounces of egg whites, six drops of. Orange. Jesus man. It sounds like we're baking a cake. Uh, it, 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 it's like a souffle. Uh, six six drops of orange flower water, four ounces of dry gin. I like to use old time. And uh two drops of vanilla, which is optional and it's not really on the original recipe well, um, hey it's it's vanilla yeah I, I do it mainly to to take the scent off because uh well my wife my wife has a she has a, she, smel- she has like that hannibal's type smell ability. you, know, <laughs>
0: <what it> <laughs> you wear layer du tom <laughs> exactly you know so so the vanilla
2: just kind of takes the egg like the egg smell away which i which Quite frankly, for most people, I think all the other stuff will take the egg smell away, like the orange flower water. But I, I put a drop or two of vanilla in there. Uh, with the egg whites, I cheat. I don't. I'm not very good at separating the the, the yolk from the white, so I just get the, um, the, the the egg beaters and just pour two ounces of egg whites in a, in the
1: shot glass. Um, Tom, you
0: said heavy cream.
1: Yeah, whipping
0: oh. cream. Yeah, no, no,
1: heavy heavy cream is kind of a separate thing, isn't it? Yeah, Liquid yeah, completely but... Yeah, okay. yeah,
2: heavy cream, damn, heavy cream.
1: Yeah, my mom yeah. likes heavy cream. That's very British of you.
2: This is this is not a healthy drink.
1: Um, <laughs> no, <it> doesn't <laughs> sound like if, it at all.
2: <laughs> if, you're, if you're looking to get into your, you know, like summer fitness, it, this is not the way to go. Um, <laughs> So you put all these ingredients in in a in a um in a shaker. Now, if you, ha- if, you're- if you have one of those shakers that they call a Hawthorne shaker, and that's the kind that has the spring in it,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. that's great. You don't need it, but that does make it a little bit easier. Um, you're going to do a dry shake for about two minutes. A dry shake is when you shake your drinks without ice. So you're going to dry shake it for about two minutes. Uh, after about two minutes of shaking it, and you got to shake it hard. You're going <laughs> to you're gonna- you're be sore. You're going to shake after 30 seconds, oh, cool, this is done. It's not. you got egg white in there. you got to shake it real hard.
1: So lead, use your lead hand is what you're saying.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that what we're calling that, the lead hand? <laughs> the lead hand. Sword yeah. hand, yeah. 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 So, and, uh, and then after you, after you shake it, the dry shake, then you're going to put some ice cubes in there. Ice cubes, not, not crumbled ice or shaved ice. Ice cubes, put a couple of ice cubes in there and shake for another three or four minutes. Okay, it, it, your, your arm's going to get sore and your hand is going to start to freeze. You know, so it's, real play, <laughs> it's a real workout. When, when you finish this, then you're going to pour these, you're going to pour it into two, two separate glasses or one big glass. And, um, <laughs> and then you're going to just top it off with like an ounce of soda water. Mm-hmm. You're going to put a straw in there and the straw is going to stick straight up. I like guess you put a straw right in the middle of the glass. It's going to be like a milkshake.
1: Yeah. Damn. Sounds it, delicious, actually. Man, it
2: really <laughs> it really is good. I know it's a lot of work to do, but it is the, it is the perfect drink, early morning drink. I mean, you can go, you can go a lot easier and do a brandy milk punch or even a bloody Mary. But this is the way, this is a great drink to start the day. Um, and that's how I'm going to start it tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I was, I was me and J- Josh came in town, uh, uh, Mali came in town last weekend and we were joking about how we have a guilty pleasure of, of what they call you know like quote girly drinks um, <laughs> so like this would be one of those like I guess i drink the hell out I, of
1: it. I think you take the girly drink out of it when you have it first thing in the morning on a Sunday when you're hung over yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't think it, it's no longer a girly drink after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: so because I'm thinking of how I can cheat to uh, you know to make this faster, could mm-hmm. you use a hand blender to blend the egg and all that other stuff? Um, I, I don't think
2: so. I would. <laughs> <laughs> no, Silva. No. <laughs> no, no. Look, don't take the easy way out. This is going to take you a good 10 minutes to make, but Keith, you, you guys are going to love it. You're going to, you're going to, re- you're going to, you're going to thank me for it.
0: I got no doubts. So I'm going to love it. I'm just trying to think of, you know, I'm thinking of the people, Tom, who may not have that, you know, but, This is about you. This is about craft. This is a gift. You know, you don't want to rush these sorts of things. Make this about this.
2: This a mindfulness experience. Mind. Yeah, get
0: into your zen mode. You're going to sit down
2: for ten minutes, and all you're going to do is make a Ramo's gin fizz. That is what you're going to do for ten minutes.
0: (laughs) Well, Tom, that sounds delicious. It sounds awesome. We will be right back. But first, it's time to pay the bills. At the Joe Patrick School for Cosmetology and Comic Book Continuity, we teach the four C's. Coiffaire, Cosmetics, and Consistency of Characteristics. You'll learn the latest techniques in the ancient arts of skin care, manicures, pedicures, and electrology. Will you also gain knowledge about the Ancient One, his history with Doctor Strange, and not only what happened when the Eye of Agamotto was given to eternity, but how that affected the entire Marvel Universe. Our licensed estheticians will help you earn continuing education credits and certification in cosmetic electrotherapy, microdermabrasion, and hyperpigmentation. We also offer advanced studies in Avengers, X-Men, and Justice League continuity from the Golden Age to the present. Never be embarrassed again when someone asks, Was Ice Maiden post-Zero Hour or post-Cry for Justice? Or, who was recruited by the Avengers first, Moondragon or the Two-Gun Kid? Classes are filling up fast, so enroll yourself online or in person at our downtown campus. At the Joe Patrick School for Cosmetology and Comic Book of Continuity, we know the sharpest cuts and that retcons are stupid but necessary because Continuity. Thanks to the Joe Patrick School of Cosmetology and Comic Book Continuity for sponsoring the first half of the Ass Pocket of Whiskey podcast. Now it's time for a segment we're calling Fantasy, Fantasy, or O-R, or in quotation marks. Here's how it works. I'm going to give each of the guys a name, and he's going to tell me if that person, probably a dude, is either a Available as a free agent in our fantasy football league, Hicksville Fantasy Football League. The real name of a superhero or a famous son of our nation's 33rd state, Oregon. So fantasy or fantasy. So, for example, if I said to you Aaron Myers, you'd say Oregon. Oregon. There you go. If I said Geno Smith, you'd say fantasy. Fantasy. Excellent. Excellent. And if I said Peter Parker, you'd say... Amazing Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. you
1: right, ready? Okay. Uh, as ready as it will ever be.
0: Brad Badger. Brad Badger. Oregon. Very good. Yes. So I have a trick one. Brad Badger played for the Raiders and the Vikings and the Cardinals... Retired in 2007, but was born in Corvallis, Oregon. All right, so Charles, one I'm going to keep right. track of the score. All right, you ready, Tommy? Sure. All right. Jeff Janice. don't be looking this up on your
2: iPad. No, uh, no I haven't thought of that. No, um, <laughs> let's see, uh, Jeff James, so it's either fantasy,
0: uh, superhero, counting. or superhero. A, a, a superhero. Jeff Janis, you're saying he's a superhero? Yeah. You could pick him up on your fantasy football team because he is a wide receiver from Green Bay, and he's on waivers. So he's already been picked up by one of our fellow Hicksville fantasy football owners. So uh, Charles one, Tom zero. All right,
1: let's give it another
0: try here. Stuart Mosley. Uh, fantasy. Stuart Mosley is the real name of a Batman villain named what? The Heckler. Holy <laughs> fuck. Really? <laughs> the Heckler, as I looked up this morning putting this little quiz together, his superpower is he swears and tells jokes.
1: Wow. That's, his jokes make people laugh. And that's, that's, that's his superpower.
0: Great superpower. superpower. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. You ready, Tom?
1: Yes, sir.
0: All right. John Kitzhaber. John Kitzhaber. Oregonian. Very good. Do you know what he does? No idea. I was a guess. <laughs> well, it was a good guess because he is the governor of the fine state of Oregon, the current governor. Very good, Tom. You to know all your state governors. Yes. I all study. All right, it. Charles. You ready? <laughs>
1: I guess. Okay.
0: Rock. Cartwright.
1: Oh, that's got to be superhero.
0: Ooh. That's got to be a fantasy football player.
1: Fucking shit! <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, Rock Cartwright. He's an unsigned free agent. Doesn't even say what what he does. I think he's probably a running back. <laughs> <laughs> so he's awful. He doesn't have a position. <laughs> Rock Cartwright. Look him up, Lee. Look
1: him up. He like a porn star. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> he can kind of be all three. I
1: did it not. It just heard. sounds like a fake name. So yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: like Rock Cartwright.
1: His superpower is he's a rock. <laughs> and we're so creative.
0: All right, ready, Tom? Yes, sir. Robert Frank. Tell him book character. Okay. Yep. Do you know what his real, what his superhero name is?
2: Uh.
0: He goes by
2: since a trick question. Robert
0: Frank. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: he is
1: the Wizard.
0: The Wizard. <laughs>
1: Man, you have made this hard. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I thought you guys would be good at it.
1: So. A wizard, guess. very good.
0: That's a guess. That was a good guess. I was trying to make it guessy. All right, look up the wizard while uh, while I give Charles this next one. You got it. All right, you ready, Charles? Yep. Okay, here's an easy one. Roy Reynolds. Pay attention to that name, Roy Reynolds.
1: Uh. Uh. Oregon.
0: Roy Reynolds is known as the Getaway Genius. <laughs> Holy, where are you pulling these rogues from? <laughs> the Getaway Genius. Roy Reynolds. Look him up, kids. Did you find the wizard, Tom? Yes,
2: yeah, sad story. Robert L. Frank, um, born in St. Louis, Missouri. This guy was in the Invaders, the All-Winners Squad, and the Avengers. I'll let you know something up He <laughs> He spent years battling alcoholism and depression. (laughs) Uh, And ended up homeless in the Bowery.
0: Oh, that is perfect for the ass pocket of whiskey. Yeah. Drunk and alcoholic and... uh, and, uh, (laughs) Sad. But an Avenger. Uh, An Avenger.
1: All right, Tom, you're up. up, I looked up the getaway genius out of curiosity. Yes. (laughs) And his... Basically, his superpower is he's his foolproof, foolproof escape routes for each crime that he committed. <laughs> Which you know makes sense.
0: <laughs>
1: awesome. Awesome. He first appeared in 1965. Ah. Jeez. Hey, right, wait, Tom.
2: Listen, listen, wait! I, I got to tell him little more about the wizard. Right. The wizard, the wizard got his power. This is great the way you see this shit. The wizard got his power
0: by a transfusion of mongoose blood. Yes. yes. All right, for- <laughs> To remember that. <laughs> <sighs> awesome, awesome, the wizard. All right, Tom, you ready? Yeah. All right, I'll give you an easy one too. This is someone you, that you may know. So, all right, George Buck Flower. George <laughs> Buck Flower is he on our fantasy football free agent list? Is he an Oregonian, or is he a comic book superhero? An Oregonian. Yes, he is an Oregonian. You know how many movies you have seen George Buck Flower in?
2: Oh, I want to a guess. I don't know. I don't know who he is. That was not a guess.
0: I guess probably, three times and got it right three times. Probably about two dozen. You know the bum that's in the Back to the Future movies? <laughs> that's George Buck Flower. He was in every John Carpenter movie.
1: This guy. Oh my God. Was specializes. He, in, he was in They Live, wasn't he?
0: Yes. He was in he every was, John Carpenter movie.
1: Yep. He was like one of the, the people who turned, or like he was like undercover.
0: I uh, remember him. The guy like that watches in the, the TV. He always plays an alcoholic, or <laughs> a bum, or uh, a drunk. That that was his specialty in Hollywood movies. Check his IMDb page; it's like crazy. I am. Oh yeah, he's, it's nuts. He, he
2: was act. He actually had a blood transfusion with a mongoose. <laughs> Back George
0: Buckflower. did. Okay. Dominique Davis.
1: Dominique, Dominique. Davis. I mean, sounds like a football player. I'm going with fantasy.
0: Fantasy football player? Yeah. Charles knows his backup QBs because yeah. Dominique Davis, the backup QB in Indianapolis.
1: It's funny because, you, you know, off the bat I was thinking that's – a superhero because Dominic Davis Double D's—that's total Marvel fodder. Yep. But then I was like, no, <laughs> Dominic Davis—that sounds like a football player for sure.
0: All right, Tom, we'll do three a couple two, more, baby. You guys, yep Hey, uh, George Flower also
2: starred in a movie called The Dirty Mind of Young Sally. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
0: All right, Tom. A, oh, and sorority Bays in the
2: slime ball bowl-o-rama.
0: <laughs> That's a... There, there was some good pra- production design in that movie. Very good for All right, Tom, you ready? I'm sorry, you go ahead. Floyd Belkin. Comic book character. Yeah, who is he? I don't know, guessed again. This is a real superhero, DC superhero. Arm fall-off boy. Now, <laughs> I... Urge our listeners out there to look up Arm Falloff Boy whose superpower is exactly what you think. He beats you with his own arm, which is the title. You have to see it. You have to just Google it. You'll see it. Arm Falloff Boy. Greatest. Greatest thing
1: ever.
0: I look at him. i at him right now. It's great. <laughs> arm Falloff. All right. Four to two. All right. Charles, we'll see if you can't uh, make a little comeback here. All right. I'll give you another easy one. Fozzie Whitaker. Fozzie? Yeah. Fozzie Whitaker. Whitaker. Yep.
1: Fozzie Whitaker. Uh, football. Fantasy football.
0: That's right. Yeah. Any idea what he does? Where, where uh, he plays
1: I'm going to say he's offense. He is either a fullback or a running back.
0: You get, and you nailed it. Tom, do you know Fozzie Whitaker? No, I thought he
1: was
2: like a plastic man sidekick.
0: Oh, yeah. Fozzie Whitaker is the third string running back uh, for Carolina. His name's been coming up a lot in these uh, fantasy uh, football podcasts because uh, of the injuries to some of the other uh, running backs in Carolina. So, all right, it's four to three. If Tom doesn't get this one, uh, we'll see if uh, Chuck can make a comeback here. All right, you ready, Tom? Yes, sir.
1: Stop guessing. Wait. That's all we're doing. Never mind.
0: <laughs>
2: Paul Decker.
0: Paul Decker.
2: A uh, football
1: player. Oh. Paul Decker is one of Oh wait, can I, can I can I steal it? You know Paul Decker? Do a steal. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but the name is bouncing around in my head. There's a reason.
0: Uh, I, I could be completely wrong, but Paul Decker is the name of Crazy Quilt. One oh. of the very first Batman villains. One of the earliest Batman villains. Uh, Paul Decker, like uh, it's like a 1930s, 40s Batman villain. Uh, okay, named
1: okay, Crazy Quill. Wrong. <laughs> crazy oh. Quill.
0: Wow. <laughs> you, you fear Crazy Quill. You fear okay. Crazy Quill. We will go to one last. We'll see who, who rings in first. Who rings in first? All, All right.
2: right. Ready? Yeah.
0: Neil Richards. Get a one in three, guess.
1: I'm going to go Oregonian. Oh,
0: you're both wrong.
1: Oh, <sighs> football fantasy.
0: He is. Neil Richards is otherwise known as the Mad Mod, a fictional character in the DC universe and an enemy of the superhero team, the Teen Titans. Oh, she? that's it. I don't know DC, man. During go. Mad Mod's heyday as a villain, he would match his outrageous clothing with a way out approach was intricate but deadly traps. So this is basically DC's arcade. Uh, he employed a gang of thugs to do most of the handy work. So the mad Arc-
1: mom. Arcade is cooler.
0: Thank you, Internet. And thank yep. you uh, for playing along. I hope you guys uh, hope you guys dug that. You get nothing for winning except uh, bragging rights. And hey, now, that who you, won? now that you know Crazy Quilt and the getaway genius. <laughs> who won? I think you took it, Chuck. I think you took it. I think it was a six to five. Oh wow! Close one. Close. One. It's close. Very close. Cool. Very good. Um, all right. We'll be right back with three. Count them three double shots. Right after this. Aren't you tired of all the face punching, stabbing, and killing in your favorite superhero comics? Well, so is Owen Craig. That's why he found it a website and database for the romantic side of superhero comics, the dating, courting, and, of course, awkward romances. OKOwen.com is your one stop for finding out who's dating who, who's canoodling, and even who's trying to rekindle an old romance. OKOwen.com is all about the love. Our staff, highly trained experts, will help you keep tabs on the romance that's going on in the streets and between the sheets. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and even on 5th weeks, we have the skinny, the men, women, alien species, and time traveling alternate dimension versions of the superheroes you love, and most important, who loves them. OKOwen.com, because sometimes holding hands means more than a punch in the mouth. Remember, that's OKOwen. Okay, dot com for all your up-to-the-minute superhero romances as we round the third corner it's time to make this podcast a podcast which means list of things that we like that we think you should too what do you got for us give us uh give us your double shots here What, uh, what well you know we know about
1: being your typical you know larry david of the podcast i completely came unscripted so i'm just gonna wing these uh because He told me I had to come up with two things at uh, 7 a.m. this morning, so here we go. Um, My first topic of conversation is, you know, last episode we kind of decided, after last episode we decided that we should do a little bit more comic book stuff, so one of the things that I am constantly struggling with is why the Punisher is so polarizing in comics. Uh, You either love him or you hate him, you think he belongs, you think he doesn't belong, some writers get him perfect, other writers destroy him. Um, and I was just curious about what you guys thought. Um, first thing I want to bring up is why do people think that he doesn't belong in Marvel Comics? Okay, he is a character that has no powers, but that doesn't stop people like Black Widow or Hawkeye being Avenger. So why can he not go toe to toe with, you know, some of the world's greatest superheroes? It doesn't make sense to me. Um, and again, I know he's not the best hero because he murders people. But if it came down to it and he was prosecuted, uh, would it not be, you know, some, wouldn't, they, they sort of give him some leeway because of all the people that he kills are guilty. Um, so I would like to hear your thoughts on the Punisher and why you think people are so weird about him.
0: Tommy, start us off.
2: Okay. I thought, um, I, I like him. I, um, i like certain runs and dislike like others, um, I don't know. I don't know really why he's so polarizing. I, maybe maybe because. I guess the problem I have with him is and this may not make any sense in the comic book world, but. Uh, really, all you got to do is kill a couple of people and it's problem solved.
0: <laughs>
2: you know, like you're the punisher. You have no problem killing people. You know where you know who to kill, kill. And then there is no more crime. It shouldn't be a punishment for more than a month, well, no, because there's always crime, yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, if you go to the source you can i mean you could cut, you could stop it, you know where the well, drug's are coming from from different countries, you know who runs it in this country,
1: but it's like Hydra. you cut one head off and three more take its place,
2: <laughs> I guess but but he doesn't kill them. you know like he like why hasn't he killed the kingpin yet?
1: yeah, well, then the yeah. kingpin wouldn't exist, and then that would suck.
2: <laughs> right, right. And, and I don't know. Maybe I'm being too too reasonable in a world where we shouldn't be reasonable. But um... ah, there you go.
1: I also think it's just weird that the like, heroes are always so down on him because it's not like he's just like killing innocent people. Like it's OK for Wolverine to go around and stab people in the face. But as soon as the Punisher are, it's like, oh, my God, he's so bad. It's like, no, he's killing killers, just like your ex, your, you know, your buddy over there that's also an Avenger is doing the exact same thing. I don't understand. And people are like, oh, he doesn't have powers not blowing. It's like, well, what about Hawkeye and Black Widow? Like, that makes no sense. They're in space fighting, like, aliens, and that's fine.
0: Shooting bullets.
2: Yeah. 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 Like I said, I like him, so I, I have a hard time understanding really w- why there is a... Yeah. Keith, with-
1: uh, you haven't said anything.
0: Yeah, I'll weigh in. Uh, so yeah. if you were talking to 11-year-old Keith Silva, I would tell you the Punisher was my favorite Marvel superhero. Because at the time... He was. Um, I just, you know, I love the costume. Number yep. one, uh, great costume. Uh, I had a Punisher poster on my wall, the Mike Zek uh, Punisher, who will always be my Punisher. Yeah. Um, what what I think is interesting about the Punisher is he does what we want, our what superheroes can't do. And I think that's the reason that a lot of people don't like him and maybe even the the characters, the fictional characters themselves don't like him, is because he gets the job done. You know, if Spider-Man killed or if Batman killed or if, you know, you were out to kill the bad guy, that's what the Punisher does. But he doesn't, and he does it in a way that only someone without superpowers can. So it's okay. He's problematic. I'll definitely say that. As a comic book character goes and as a barroom conversation like this goes, He's a problematic superhero or anti-hero character. And I think, you know, when you get something that just doesn't fit, people get bent out of shape. Well, I How's think that? that's
1: the biggest, the big, yeah, I think that's great. And I think you kind of nailed it. But I also think the biggest problem is that people class him as a superhero. He's not. Hmm. He's a character in the Marvel Universe that happens to go, uh, happens to bump into superheroes from time to time. But he is not a superhero. 'Cause to be a superhero, one you have to be a hero, which he's not. <laughs> There's that. And and two, you have to be super, which he is also not. <laughs> so like I think that's the biggest problem is that when he's like, he's not a superhero. Yeah, you're right, he's not. He's just another character in the Marvel universe that happens to be kind of cool, in the right hands. Hmm. Now, Nathan Emmonson's doing a pretty good job. I don't hate it, I don't love it, it doesn't blow me away. I think Greg Rucka did it did it best. Um I also think Jason Aaron did it really well in the Max series. Um, but they're both very different takes. Um, but I think the best way for the Punisher to exist is to have him not go after the kingpins and not go after the, the like, supervillains because he's not a superhero. He needs to stick to the sort of bottom feeder villains that are trying to work their way up to supervillain status. And he stops them before they do. And I think it's also it would be also better for some of these heroes – like, even if it would like, I think it would the most shocking one would be like someone like Captain America, but I don't think that'll ever happen. But it'd be good for some of these people to start recognizing him as like a viable option sometimes. You know, like Wolverine is always kind of buddy-buddy with him because he's more or less the same character, except he's a superhero. Um, and he always sort of gives them the benefit of the doubt, um, done beautifully in Greg Rucka's latest Punisher run. But it would be nice for someone a recognizable hero to be given some kind of situation where they can't do it because they are the superhero and be like, you know what? I know I want to rid the earth of this problem and I know exactly who to call and they call the Punisher. I think that would be a cool way for him to sort of get some recognition in the Marvel universe without changing the character or the superheroes at the same time. I don't know why no one has done it. I think it's weird. Maybe the creative you know, people behind Marvel won't let him let well, them do that. But I just think just, that would be interesting. Yeah, well, let me but, just well. jump
0: in, Chuck, because I know we want to get to your second one as well. Um, I think the Punisher is a tool. And I think not, not yes. a tool like in the in a negative sense, but he's a tool. And when any, like any tool, when used well, his stories work. Uh, yeah. Zek did that really well in the in the early in the yeah. early 86 series that I know. Um, uh, so and I think that's the problem is, you know, if you've got a job to do, you send this guy. Um, and yeah, I think that, uh, that if you think about him like that, like, you know, sending the right person for the job, he's an assassin. So yeah. let him go assassin.
1: But I also think, you know, I just kind of like my, my closing thing is that all these characters have evolved and become more than they were 30, 40 years ago when they were created. And I think that he needs to evolve too. I think he needs to be more like a born identity type hero. Ooh. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, a specialist work. where yeah. he can get things done by using his like tactics and his brains because he, you know, Vietnam is a long fucking time ago and you can't use that anymore because then he's like in his seventies. <laughs> it makes no sense. So make him like some kind of special tactician in the Gulf War. It makes way more sense. So Sean, and, you know what
2: did you like him when he was uh, up on the moon fighting the uh, Watcher? Villain. I mean, yeah. he was
1: the best part of that series. I did not like the series, but he was the best part of it. To yeah. be perfectly honest, like, and I, I like that. They needed an assassin. They're like, okay, well, let's go get the Punisher because that's exactly what he does. I personally think he should be the one that's in Bucky's role right now, not Bucky, because it makes way more sense for Punisher to be that guy that has to pull the trigger to save the world. But uh, whatever, I'm not, I'm not the Marvel guy, so. Anyway, what's your second double shot? Let's uh, throw Uh, my second double shot is, you know, sticking with what I did last time. um, It's the TV. I'm sort of like I'm a I'm a TV junkie these days. (laughs) Um, And so uh, I thought it was interesting that they sort of released who the they've at least cast two of the four main characters. in. I know a favorite show of mine and a favorite show of both of yours. Um, True Detective season two has been two of the main characters have been cast. One is Vince Vaughn and the other is Colin Farrell. Colin Farrow is playing, um, I believe an LA police detective, um, or police, uh, some kind of cop in the LA, uh, PD. And he is looking to cover something up. We don't know what that is. And Vince Vaughn's character is like a criminal, a legitimate criminal, like kind of almost like a crime boss who's trying to come legit. And something happens like a murder, and he needs to find out who did it and I think maybe Colin Farrow is the cop that's helping him do that. But there are still two leads yet to be cast, one female and one more male. There are a bunch of rumors going around. Uh, but I just thought it would be interesting to talk about because it's based yeah. in LA, which is totally different than what true detective season one is, but apparently although some of it is going to be you know take place in California, then there's going to be a lot of like small town um, you know love spread throughout the series as well. Um, and I believe it's Justin Lin is pegged to direct at least the first two episodes. And if you don't know who that is, that's the la- the director for the latest two or three Fast and the Furious movies. So I would like to hear your guys take on or your guys opinions on uh, season two. And if you're excited, not excited, hoping it was someone else or and maybe who you think they might cast in the other two leads.
0: I'll, so let, the, start I'll let the fine you. gentleman from New Orleans, since that's yeah. where True Detective took place, answer yeah. first.
2: I uh, I'm looking forward to season two. I, I like the writer. How do you pronounce his name? Nick.
1: Yeah, terrible
2: Okay, that guy. Um,
1: Nick something or other.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, know I don't, I'm not excited about the, the director. I, now, to be fair, I haven't seen any Fast and Furious movies, but uh, I
1: I assume they're just kind
2: of like flashy. Fast edited car chase things and
1: well, like d- despite despite he, that he is directed the Fast and the Furious, he is a good director. So it's okay. like they're basically just attached a good director the first two episodes. Now I don't think it means that the first two episodes are going to be like Fast and the Furious at all, but he's just got a good eye, you know, like Nick is, Pizzolatto. There like, you go. Know. But you know what was one of the great things about True Detective? Unlike
2: most shows, you had, as you, yes, you know, you had the same director the entire. The entire series so you had the same vision the same look it was and if I hope they can get this guy from the Fast and Furious to do all of them yeah, um, that would be I think even you just have one vision and as far as the female casting uh, wasn't Jessica Chastain. Made, yeah was yeah. she mentioned
1: yeah and so is uh, Rachel McAdams um, and I can't remember the the other one, there was another one as well. But I like
2: Jessica Chastain a lot, um, yeah. and I like I like I, I know a lot of people kind of grumble about Vince Vaughn. He's he's a good actor. I mean, he plays some silly roles lately, but he's done some good stuff.
1: He has done some really good stuff, and he's more known for his comedic stuff. But when he does do dramatic stuff, he is pretty damn good. So yeah, yeah. I so, think he's good casting as the as the sort of villain too. I think he's he's good because he can play a good asshole. So. <laughs>
0: Um, one of the things that I, when I heard about this,
1: you know, and people are like, oh,
0: Colin Farrell, I'm like, okay, if it's the In Bruges or Tigerland, Colin Farrell, yes. I'm totally in. Yeah. Um, have you guys seen In Bruges? It's one of my
1: favorite movies. A lot,
0: mine too, mine yeah. too. Just absolutely, he's great. So if it's that Colin Farrell, uh, I, I'd be really interested in, uh, in what's gonna happen. One of the things that I think you're going to have trouble with, you know, living up to True Detective season two, is, and Tom, I'm not saying this because you're here. I'm saying this to my God's honest opinion. It's not going to be set in New Orleans, and I really think that that brought a certain flavor, maybe you know, a, a certain feeling to that to that story. And you can tell a real slick L.A. detective story. They've been done before. It wasn't done in New Orleans, and I think the setting really helped that story an awful lot. That first season, the actors and the conversations drove everything, totally agree. But the setting, I think, was really important. And I don't know if you can just say, okay, now we're going to do True Detective in – L.A. or Oregon or Vermont, and it's going to be the same thing.
1: So well, thing, I, I'm reading a thing right here that says the latest rumor: the True Detective season two is being set in California, just outside of Los Angeles, but not in the city itself. Still, so it's, it's a good. There's a good chance that Colin Ferrer's character will be based out of Los Angeles, but just like first season, there will be plenty of small town love on set.
0: Yeah, but just like none of True Detective was. You never saw Bourbon Street. You never saw the things about New Orleans that we associate with New Orleans. You saw the back country, and it was that kind of story. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that I think made that. But I I agree
1: with you 100 percent. But at the same time, if you try and just recycle what you just did, I think it's not going to work either. Like, it's almost better for them to try and change the setting. Oh, I would agree.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree. I'm just like I'm just like they need to they need to bring that same feeling that you got to yeah. to that and, and do it truthfully and not do it like, hey, here's a, you know, fleur-de-lis. So, you know, we're in New Orleans, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, agreed.
0: <laughs> All right. Is that Charles? You good?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, as, you know, and I guess the, the other thing I just want to talk about is in the last episode, we uh, we discussed. The, the show was coming up, which was five months ago um but one of those shows was the leftovers, which I really enjoyed and I know I know Tommy did, so I just kind of want to hear what he thought of the show and sure. uh and you know what he's looking forward to in season two, I guess, and then I'll give you my pieces
2: yeah i I really liked it a lot, and i uh will admit that the first two or three episodes i I wasn't a hundred percent buying in, yeah, part of that I believe was. And this is, this is um, like business aspect of like, well, are, is there going to be a season two? Because I was afraid that this was going to be, and forgive the comparison, another John from Cincinnati, where, yeah, yeah. They, where they open up all these crazy mysteries and, you know, strangeness and then never explain any of it. And that's yeah. what I was worried was going to happen with Leftover, so I didn't fully commit. Around the time that they announced, yes, we're going to have a season two, I found myself diving all in and getting more excited about it. And then... And the, and then and then just kind of going with the character development and the arcs and, and and I and I think it stands next to True Detective, Breaking Bad for me as some of my, yeah. some one of my favorite shows. Um, I love. Yeah, it.
1: I'm I'm totally with you. I I think um, the first four, maybe even five episodes, I was kind of in a love hate. Yeah. Um, I kind of hated it, but for some reason, found myself compelled to watch the next episode and was almost to the point where like it's sunday leftovers is on even though i had nothing really drawing me to the show like i almost hated watching it it was there was no real likable characters you really had no idea what was going on and, and and what the basis of all this was but for some reason there was something extremely compelling about it um and then as the show went on it became even more so and then you sort of got behind a few of the characters and i think it ended so strongly. Uh, with so much emotion, and I just cannot like, and I cannot look forward to season two more. I feel like it's it's really kind of set the bar for this type of show now, and I think it's like even elevated it. And all those like Lindelof haters out there can suck it because he may <laughs> he may not be your favorite writer, but he is a compelling writer, and he leaves you wanting more. Like I think the reason why people are so pissed about Lost. Is because it didn't end the way they wanted and it was over. I think the fact that it was over was the thing that pissed people off more than anything. I'm and I think to... they're just they just don't want to admit the fact that they just wanted more lost. Um yeah,
0: we can go down a really long rabbit hole about lost. <laughs> yeah. And I
1: think, you know, as as much as people hate him, like you cannot deny the fact that he is a compelling writer. And I know he had help on this because it was based on a novel and he had the novelist helping him write it, but you can see his stamp on this show. And I think he is what makes it so great. And obviously, uh, Justin Thoreau, I believe, that's how you pronounce his name. He put on a performance of a lifetime. Like, I haven't seen any yeah. him do anything dramatic like this before. And he was phenomenal. Just phenomenal. Like, balancing between being sane and going insane and dealing with all the craziness that's going around him. He was just wonderful in this series. And, <laughs> I mean, all the supporting cast is great, but he was the shining light for me. And I just can't wait to see more of it.
0: Charles, have you seen uh, Mulholland Drive, the David Lynch movie?
1: Uh, I want to say yes, but I think I'm confusing it with something else. Um, jo-
0: Justin Theroux in that, he plays the director. Uh, yeah.
1: In that movie, the movie director, and he's he's really good. He's oh real, yeah, really good. okay, yeah, I definitely have to check it out because I haven't seen it. No.
0: And you know, he's being he's being
2: rumored to be Doctor Strange now.
1: That's the newest. Oh, one.
2: that's a good Doctor. Really? Strange.
1: Really? I mean, he that's good
2: casting. He would yeah. be good. I mean, that's yeah. just another rumor because I guess uh, Phoenix is out.
1: Phoenix is out, yeah, and I've heard um, Ethan Hawke is another one they've been throwing uh, out. I hope not. Uh, I wouldn't mind him, but I think Justin Thoreau would be much better.
2: Yeah. Hey, can I ask you a question? Um, what, sure. uh, this is a spoiler, so we might want to not include this. What do y'all guys think about the ending of Leftovers? Uh, I, thought, I didn't
0: see it, so Charles, is Charles. it's all you.
1: Uh, I thought it was great. Um, I, it, again, it's, it's solved enough of it. To satisfy me, but also left enough of it open that I was like so curious for more because of the whole scene within the bathroom. Without spoiling what actually happens, mm-hmm. you didn't really get to see what happened there, mm-hmm. and they sort of inst-, inst like they sort of give you a little hint that maybe his dream or his wish has come true, but at the same time you don't actually get that. So right. it's interesting. Like I I thought it was really well done because it's like sort of like oh it's sort of happy. But at the same time, there's still so much shit to happen, right? So, yeah. yeah. What about you?
2: Yeah, I thought it was like the, like a, like the final five minutes of the whatever eight hours of leftovers yeah. we watched was positive.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> but at the same time, still so much shit left to be untold. Yeah. Then, so. yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's it for me, guys. So uh, it's your turn.
0: All right, Tommy, what do you got for us?
2: All right, um, Monzi, mon- mon- quick. I uh, I wanted to talk about X. Ex- SPX, Small Press Expo. Mm-hmm. Um, last month, or yeah, last month in September, went there up in Maryland um, and had a fabulous time. It was the first time that I actually traveled to a, a comic book convention. In New Orleans, we don't, all we get is the Wizard World conventions, and, you know, they're not, they're not much to talk about. Um, but um, XPX was amazing. Um, a lot of, cool creators there um rick spears who did uh the tour.
0: one and, of your favorites
2: oh my god yep the tour is one of my favorites and let me tell you i read i just finished reading black metal on the bus yesterday yeah oh my god that this this guy rick spears let me tell you he should write thor <laughs> And, and 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 if you read the tour and that's the only thing you've read by him, you're probably thinking, what? That's not really a good choice. But when you read Black Metal, it is it is so metal and it's so Thor. It's it's, it's <laughs> excellent.
0: And I know uh, Charles has been to a bunch of shows. I haven't been to as many. Set the scene at SPX because it's it's like a big hotel ballroom. It's not you know Comic Con with all these sort of things going on. So give us the sense of what's the room like.
2: Yeah, it's just a really huge room. You got. We got, uh, I don't know, I'm guessing uh, 24 rows or so, mm-hmm. you know, divided in half. And just the creators and, like, publishing houses are, take up a table. So, like, like Uncivilized Books had a table or a section of a table.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, study, uh, what is it, Study Guide? Study group. study group had a little section of the table. They they both had a lot of great stuff to sell, Um Finally got to meet Tom over at Uncivilized Group. I mean, Uncivilized Books, um, and and all the like all the creators just kind of like sprinkled throughout, you know. So you had, like I said, Rick Spears, you had Charles Burns. I mean, mm-hmm. what a le- what a legend. Um, I might destroy this guy's name: Farrell Dal Ripple. Yep, he, he did That's the rent. Was piece. There. Yep. Yeah, and, and he was spectacular. A lot of these guys, so. Yeah, you go to, you go, at least my experience with cons is you go up there and you have them sign a book and they'll they'll sign their name and no conversation, no, no, not, no anything. It's just your signature. These guys like, like, doodled in the book, drew in it. Hmm. Farrell, Farrell drew a a pretty detailed uh, little character in my book, talked for a couple minutes, real nice guy. Michael DeForge, who did Ant Colony. Oh, yeah. And Luce. Um, Uh, He was really cool, really nice guy. If you follow him on Twitter, he's funny, but he's also very just a nice dude. Took time, talked, drew, drew in the books, and Colony was one of my favorites of last year. Yeah, Um, Shannon Wheeler, uh, who does the uh, what Too Much Coffee Man, (laughs) (laughs) but he also he also did this thing I'm reading now. It's like a rewriting of the Bible that's called God.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah. God is just. God is disappointed God is disappointed in you. In you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Shannon, Shannon drew a cool little caricature of me in the book with a halo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a good guy. I mean, it was just like, it was so nice to talk to people who are in the, you know, in the creative world and aren't just like, and are, and are appreciative of, of people who, you know, are fans or, you know, like uh, it also sounds like listening. it,
1: it yeah. sounds like it was like pretty intimate too. you. got to go up and talk to them without having like people like breathing over your shoulder.
2: Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you just, I mean, it was, uh, the, the biggest line I had to wait as I, I guess expected was Charles Burns. Yeah. But even he was really, you know, cool. He, you know, I, I bought like six books for him and signed. he signed them all and he stamped them and, Huh. uh, you know, it was great. And I, and also another cool part about SPX was meeting a bunch of people that, you know, I got to know on Twitter. Um, that was awesome. You know, I got to meet Jeff and, um, uh, Matt, Sam, great guys. Um, cool. Matt, met Matt, Matt's wife, Amy, Allison, um, VA gentle Nerd, and her husband, Scott and the two Katys. There's a lot of, we had got we to have dinner together and a few drinks afterwards. And, um, I plan on going again. I, I might make it every other, every other year as I'm thinking my plan would be, but, uh, it, it, it was a great con.
0: Now, Tom, cool. real, real quick question. Uh, for folks who might not be into small press books, that might be more of the mainstream stuff. You're, it's called Small Press Expo for a reason. Right. Is there anything there? Like, is there cosplay? Is there this idea that you know it's like a comic con? Or would you say, look, if you're looking for Spider Man comics, you know, maybe not your should be your gig, but maybe you'll be disappointed.
2: No. No, if, you, if 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 mainstream is your thing, you'll you'll be disappointed. There is absolutely no cosplay, which I thought was which I was fine with. Um, <laughs> um, the, the, I guess if you're just a comic book guy who likes DC and Marvel, you might want to go there in hopes that you're catching the next best thing. Yeah, you know that kind of that kind of thing would be might be a motivator.
0: Um, or people have done mainstream stuff like Pharrell. You know, uh, certainly yeah. not that mainstream, but yeah,
2: I was, I'm not sure I'd call him mainstream, but yeah, I guess like people
0: yeah. who profit.
2: We, um, yeah. wh- who was it? Um, and it's the, Oh gosh, what's his name? Tom Scalati, I think. Oh, Tom Sciotti. Yeah. Yeah. He, I think it was him. I think it was him. He, he had two long boxes that he was selling, like of comics, <laughs> like 25 cents. And that was the only, that was the only person. And apparently, I think Sam had said, uh, I think I read somewhere. I heard Sam say, uh, because Sam was one of the organizers that huh. he was one of the only guys allowed to bring, you know, long boxes in, just because that's his thing. <laughs> like, apparently this guy just <laughs> travels with long
1: boxes.
2: <laughs> so, uh, uh, but I didn't even go through them. I mean, there was so much to go. I mean, there's a lot to get. <laughs> you can spend a lot of money quick there. <laughs> uh, All right, you get another one for us? Yes, this is more of a pr- public service announcement. Ooh. Um we have uh, bourbon lovers out there, and yes. this is the time right now. You have to strike it now. Go and make friends with bar managers, liquor store managers. Um, schmooze them up, buy them candy, flowers, fruit baskets, whatever you need to do. <laughs> this is the time of the year that you order that Pappy Van Winkle comes to town.
1: Oh, Pappy
2: Van Winkle, George Stagg. Eagle Rose, seventeen year, those are those are those those are hard to get. They, uh, so yeah, this is the time to kind of like buddy up with these guys and say, hey, November, the first week of November, second week of November, you're going to be getting a shipment to your bar or to your liquor store. Pappy Van Winkle is going to be on that truck. I want me a couple of bottles, either a ten year, twelve year, fifteen year. If you're really lucky, an eighteen year. Oh, if you're really lucky and very wealthy, an eighteen year. That's, <laughs> that's going to cost you around three hundred. Lower. Damn. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Too rich for my
0: blood. Now, I was about to ask, what do you get for the, the what's the uh, what's the affordable Pappy Van Winkle?
2: Okay. Um, honestly, the, the 10, 12 is going to be, uh, you know, like 60 and 70 okay. per bottle. The 10-year is better than the 12-year, in my opinion. Hmm. At least and the last it, year's batch.
0: And remind us, Pappy Van Winkle, this is the... It's, it's, this is the Mercedes. This is the Lamborghini of bourbon. It,
2: it is. It is uh, from Kentucky. Kentucky bourbon, of course. Um, yep. It's it's uh, Buffalo Trace. You got that's like the that's the company. company. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think uh, I think Buffalo Trace. A lot of people drink it. Mean, yes, you can find that at any grocery store. But um, this is their specialty. This is their yeah. This is their Mercedes, um, and it is good. It is worth a dime. The the I, I, last year I was able to get a ten year, a twelve year, and a fifteen year. Woo. and um, I'm hoping to get the same this year. I don't I don't think I can get an eight. I don't think I can pull off an eighteen year yet. But um,
0: I think you make a really good point, though. I mean, you know, it, this is one thing for to to really get these craft liquors, these craft beers. You, it's just like going to your LCS, just like going to your comic shop and getting to know the people behind the counter because they're going to hook you up. They're going to take care of you. Um, and that's a great way. I never thought of sort of making friends with them, but it t- makes total sense.
2: <laughs> it's a little manipulative, but yeah, you know, you go there and you, you, just get, to, you get to know them and, and uh, you got it. This is absolutely the time because what's going to happen is the second week of November is going to roll by and this stuff's going to go. It's going to be like a blink of an eye. These liquors are going to be going off, of, going off the shelves. So if you don't do it now, you won't get them.
1: Excellent. I'm, I'm like, I'm actually Googling this right now to see if I can get it.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Canada is going to be
1: tough. Canada is going to be tough. I, it's not even coming up in the searches for the LCBO right now, but, yes. which is our like liquor, liquor governing board basically. Huh? Okay. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah. That Pappy Van Winkle, that's the one that if you go to any bourbon website or anything, that's the one that everyone talks about. That's uh We have a beer in Vermont called Heady Topper that is becoming, like, this very uh, exclusive craft beer that you can only get in Vermont, only in one part of Vermont. We actually have liquor stores around here have signs in the window, we do not sell Heady Topper. So it's not kind of the same thing, but Pappy Van Winkle is along those same lines of this is, like, the exclusive thing that uh, everybody wants. So, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent, Tom. Well, I'll I'll give you my 2 and I'll hopefully go uh very quickly. The first one um uh is I have uh Mr. Tom Zimmer to thank for uh addicting me to we've been hinting about it or talking about it, not hinting. Uh fantasy football. So, uh, you know, in my best um Daniel Plainview voice, I have a competition in me. <laughs> so, I, I get very competitive with things uh, from time to time, and fantasy football has become competitive uh, and also an obsession. I am totally, totally obsessed. It, it's like Tom said, you know, he sort of winked at me and said, uh, You like to party? You, know, you like to party with some fantasy football? And I'm like, oh, I never have, sir. Is it. Uh- is it any good? Will I get addicted? No, boy, it's fun. It's fun. Come on, come on. So, yeah, now I'm, like, checking waiver wires all the time. And, uh, Clearly, all I do by is the I game we played earlier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Creating this game uh, we played earlier. I, I'll say this much. I, I, I'm i a football fan. I'm a New England fan. So, really, you know, when I was a kid, I liked football in a different way. I was a Redskins fan because they were winning or a, or a 49ers fan. And I like football, but I have never – Fantasy football makes watching football worthwhile. Like, you watch the – I was watching a fucking Giants game. I don't – I hate the Giants. They beat the Patriots twice. They should have lost both those games. They were Super Bowls. But God damn it, if I'm not cheering on fucking Eli Manning and goddamn Rashad Jennings because they're on my stupid fantasy football team. So <laughs> – Ah, oh, God! I mean, you know, I have no loyalty now whatsoever. I'm like, I'm, I want to win fantasy football. Fuck the Patriots. Yeah, I think
1: like fantasy football is for the the fan that doesn't really have a team.
0: I, I'd say it's for anybody. I mean, it's like NCAA basketball pools. Like, you know, the the quote unquote you know administrative assistant who knows nothing about basketball can win. Yeah. Um, you know, you pick the team, and it's all luck. I mean, that was the thing that Tom said early on. He goes, "It's all luck." You know, so.
1: Well, I don't know. I feel like when you draft it's not luck. Um I I think obviously what order you draft in is luck, but I it, you know, being the guy that had last, you really have to be smart about your picks. Like you have to not only do you have to sort of go with the flow and make sure you pick up the the right players because other other people in your fantasy league are picking them up, but you also have to be smart enough to not pull the trigger on players that are ranked high necessarily because they had a great year last year. Hmm. You know, like sometimes you have to go with your gut. And I think if you don't know anything about football, you can kind of get screwed in fantasy, which is like, and I only know this because of previous years where I kind of just went in there, not doing any research and not trying to like trying to do any research or any like looking up of who these players were and what kind of year they had the previous year and shit like that. Because, you really get bit in the ass because sometimes, you know, a player will play for the right team at the right time and have a great season. And then next year they play for another team and they totally suck. So <laughs> <laughs> you really do have to do your homework in some, at least in some of the key positions anyway. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and it, it it's, it's just fun. It's just absolutely fun. And so Tom, thank you for addicting me. We should tell people that uh, we're playing for comics in our yeah. fancy football league. We're not playing for money. <laughs> Uh, you know, liquor, uh, perhaps that would be a good idea for next year. But, uh, yeah, Tom, uh, thank you for now, you know, taking all my energy away from whatever else I was doing. Your kids. Uh, yeah,
1: Actually. my children,
0: my family, <laughs> uh, comics, uh, movies, and just, like, trying to figure out who I can – who's the backup tight end to replace Travis Kelsey next week? Where can I find that guy? <laughs> and my uh, – so so thanks. Uh, you're my you're second welcome. double shot is a bit of a – uh, a, a confession slash um I, I i'm just in one of those uh, times right now where comics are not working for me uh certainly not my weekly poll list i'm just like oh god I'm, I'm this is no good or the books that i really loved like uh southern bastards have you know have stopped um, or other books are winding down or just there've been a bunch of just issues uh certainly in my weekly poll list that were just They weren't doing it for me, you know, and it's sort of down on comics. And over the summer, I read I read this book called Top Ten. Do you guys know the series Top Ten? No, no. Okay. Top Ten was by Alan Moore and Gene Ha and Xander Cannon. And I'm just going to read the I'll just read the, the blurb on the back. Imagine a city where every citizen from the poorest slum dweller to the corporate honcho has unusual powers and abilities not to mention an alter ego and a costume. How would you police such a city? Rookie cop Robin Slinger is about to find out on her first day as a part of Precinct 10. So really simple concept. Everyone's everyone has powers and a costume and an alter ego. And these are the policemen. And it's basically um, Hill Street Blues police procedural with everyone with superpowers and if you only know Alan Moore from like killing joke and watchmen and from hell and all these really serious things, you need to read this book because Alan Moore has a great sense of humor and he really knows as Charles would say, he really knows his shit. And it just absolutely like I read this and I go, this is the kind of comic I want to read month to month. I want to read something that feels complete, that tells me a story it's sort of a one and done, but it connects to a larger story. Um, and it just it's just really well done. I mean, there's visual jokes. Um, there's one issue where they fight Santa Claus because Santa Claus you know someone is, is Santa Claus or at least they <laughs> think they're Santa Claus. Um, there's this great uh, if you love the, the Thor comics or the Marvel Comics, there's this great uh, comic where all the gods go to the same bar. Uh, and all the Asgardian guards are like family and they're brawling and stuff like that. And people get killed. And, you know, the police have to come and investigate who got killed. Um, just absolutely fabulous and just so much fun. And I know, you know, in my writing or whatever, I'm always getting on people about, oh, fun. What's fun? You know, I'm like, top 10 is fun. It's just a fun comic with a fun idea, brilliantly drawn by Ha, conceived by Ha and canon. Um it's just awesome. Uh you you you've got to go to the secondary market for this. eBay, Amazon, uh sellers market will have it. Um, but is America's best comics. And um yeah, Alan Moore, he's good. He's good. Oh, check it out. Well, gentlemen, cool. thank you very much. Very, very uh awesome to get uh, to talk again. Hopefully it won't be another uh five months uh of being on the wagon from the ass pocket of whiskey. The Ask Pocket of Whiskey podcast is on Twitter at AP Whiskey. You can follow me at Keith P.M. Silva. Follow Tom at Victor Von Zoom. Charles at Charles underscore seven seven. And thanks to our sponsors, the Joe Patrick School of Cosmetology and Comic Book Continuity and OKOwen.com. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for listening and enjoy every sample.